Hello world, I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 152. People that use their smartphones before they go to bed versus people that don't actually sleep better. It first starts out as a novelty. Very few people have it. And then it just snowballs to the point where no one can live without it. What would it be like and how would I act differently if I didn't have a smartphone for the day? Looking back, I feel like I wish I had never jumped into the smartphone bandwagon. This week's podcast is brought to you by Rethinking Your Church Website Strategy. This ebook from Jonathan Malm covers what information you need on your church website, how to help your guests find what they need, and user experience information. All these principles are applied to a real-life church website, so you can easily follow along. Get ready to change the way you think about your church website. Get ready to make something completely unique and completely effective for your church. Get your copy today from ChurchMag Press at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. The Church Mag social media team joins us this week as Tom Pounder shares his experience of going without his smartphone for an entire day. And while we're at it, Phil gives us an update on what it's been like this year to live without Facebook in his daily life. If you want to join the conversation, ask a question, or leave a comment, send us an email to podcast at churchmag, or use the fancy Church Mag podcast hashtag CMAGCast. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye along here with Jeremy Smith, Phil Schneider, and the very awesome Church Mag social media team, Matt Fisher and Tom Pounder. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Phil, your, your, your daughter is up. What, what did you give her for breakfast? Nothing. I told her to hold tight. Wow. So, so she's... Because usually I say, what do you want for breakfast? And she'll say, I don't know. It's a 20 minute conversation. So I figured if I tell her to hold tight, hopefully the uh, subconscious will work, work her mind over and she'll uh, have a taste or something when I get out of the room. Well, what are the options? Uh, sausage and toast, um, cereal, oatmeal, or scrambled eggs. Can I, can I have breakfast at your house? No. I noticed the other day we have a real big issue with breakfast stuff. You do realize that since we do this in the morning, we spent, we spent 15 minutes talking about donuts. And if you listen all the way to the and credits. We actually started the podcast talking That's about true. donuts. But donuts you can have, in my defense, Jeremy, you can have donuts any time of day. You can have bacon any time. No one would argue with that. You can, I mean, breakfast food, breakfast, I mean, it starts early and it can hit you at any point. Am I right? Breakfast, breakfast no. I think breakfast is a great... Uh, breakfast meal or a dinner i get i'll have breakfast for dinner listen, i don't have breakfast listen, for lunch that's just it though breakfast you can have at any point in the day no one thinks it's weird but if you have a lunch or dinner item for breakfast you're weird yeah you can't have steak for breakfast i'll give you that steak and eggs that's but the eggs breakfastizes it you you put the eggs in there that that makes it breakfast automatically see no one's having a ham and a ham and cheese sandwich for breakfast Tom and Matt are like what did we get into what is going on <laughs> they're, they're hungry Matt's like breakfast breakfast yeah, it's, it's, the afternoon. Afternoon. it's, like six it's time ago. for a nap right okay a few weeks ago by the time this thing airs like as we recorded it it was yesterday which is really awesome but by the time this airs it'll be a few weeks Tom I saw Tom on social media because that's what he does. He does social media, and he did a thing. Tom, tell us about the thing. Okay, so to to give you a little bit of background of this is, um, you know, uh, I just wondered one day, I thought, what what would it be like if I had to live my life 
without my smartphone because I really found myself carrying it around everywhere I went. And that literally even like, I mean, even to the bathroom, I would just carry it around and just take it in there and do something on there. And, and I thought, what, what would it be like? And how would I act differently if I didn't have a smartphone for the day? And so I, I posted out on Facebook and people immediately said, Tom, Tom, you cannot do this. You know, you can't live five minutes without your phone. You'll never be able to do this. And I thought, I'm going to do this. I, like the more negative reaction I got, like, I mean, they were being funny and everything, but the more negative reaction I got about it, the more I thought, I'm going to do this. I, I'm committed to doing this. So I, on, I picked a day on a Friday um, and um, I decided that I was going to, keep my phone off. I, I would have it on me just in case of an emergency, but I would, you know, turn my phone completely off. And, and I gave people simple directions to how they could contact me uh, during the day if they needed to. But I wanted to live my life that day without a phone, without a phone on me at all times. Matt, how was it working with somebody on doing, doing social media work? How was it doing that with them not having a smartphone? <laughs> I think that's where the, the time difference um, plays the strength here because by the time I'm home from work and I'm uh, kids are in bed and I'm ready to start doing some church mag social media, maybe Tom, Tom's back online by then. And <laughs> yes. we can, we can then. So the real, the real test would be if you did it for multiple days, Tom. Y- yes. And I, I'm not crazy enough to do it for multiple days, but I did do it for one day. <laughs> we were watching a movie the other day and they, they were using, it was an older movie clearly because they were using a payphone, and I'm And I was thinking, man, I remember like when I was probably 16 or so, you know, leaving the house in my car and making sure my mom, making sure that I had change in case I needed a caller. Like, I can't imagine that now for me because I'm old. Jeremy, is that it? Is it, is that it? You're laughing because I'm old. Is that it? If you want to throw out words of why, then we can go there. But I figure we should just move on. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Yes. So for me, the I think it's interesting with that conversation you're having because I actually live my entire life with my phone on silence 24-7 all the time because I'm a counselor and I'm also very forgetful. In the first week of me being a counselor, I put it on, I didn't turn it off and it rang during a session. So I'm like, I'm just turning it off completely. And so I miss so many phone calls when I do this. I never get the text messages. And so... I kind of live your life, but I still have the accessibility of it. And and I'm still glued to it whenever I have free time. Um, But people are very frustrated by something like that, Tom. And and I wondered, were ads you did it to other people frustrated about the process? Frustrated that I wasn't as accessible? Sure. Yeah, I I think there were people who, I mean, yeah, there was, again, because I do social media on um, for our church and there was a guy, one of the guys that usually communicates with me via text. And he did something, he said something a little tongue in cheek in the morning via Facebook messenger. Since you're not on your phone today, I'm going to send you this here, you know? So it was more of an inconvenience for some people. Um, But again, I I gave everyone a contact number for my home. Um, I still have a landline, believe it or not. And, um, and then I gave people a contact number at my office, which I never use. I never use my office phone, but I have one. And so, you know, I actually had a few people call me, but, um, there, but uh, again, a lot of people were very funny with it and would Facebook message me and just say, you're on Facebook a lot more today than you ever have been, 
you know, because of this, maybe you should try a day without Facebook. <laughs> and so, you know, that would be a disaster, but you know, just kidding, but that would be fun. It's interesting to see how, how tech does this, right? It first starts out as a novelty. Very few people have it. And then it just snowballs to the point where no one can live without it. Yeah. I think we can't went from, um, you know, optional to ubiquity pretty quickly on this one. No, I was trying to think I was trying to think of other things that did that as well. Well, I don't think anything did it this fast though. Yeah, this is a new thing and that's what's scary is like how much faster can it get? I, I you know, I deleted my Facebook app um a few months ago and I I used the browser for for church related stuff, but that way I, I can't get on the browser at work. So it really limits my access to Facebook all throughout the day and I feel I feel that my mood's better. I feel more focused. Not being drugged down by Facebook. That that's an interesting follow up, Phil, because we I, I think we covered this on a podcast before, where you said that you yeah yeah you guys were cutting it off. So here we are, almost I think three months. Did you get you started at the beginning of the year? Is that um, it? I started back in like late December, but okay. yeah. Okay, so it's been about three months. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that, Phil. What what has it been like not having that having having Facebook like that? Uh, it's been pretty freeing. I mean, I. I like I'll occasionally I'll if I want to check up on my friends as a pastor I want to see what's going on in my my parishioners' lives so occasionally I'll I'll down redownload the app and I'll scroll through like like one day that week and then I'll just delete it again um, or if I've got if I've got an update on an event that I need to be able to access through that app I I do that but otherwise I'm just me using the pages manager and the groups app to connect to my church church you know utilities. Um, and I have a lot more, a lot more time. I've read a lot more. Um, my goal was thirty books this year, and with audio books and paper, regular books, I've read I think twelve right now. So I have more time for that. I'm not nearly as frustrated by what's going on in the world because I ignore a lot of it, and uh, it's you know it's a better it's a better life, <laughs> better living without social media. I think it's kind of quantified in the new tech that came out today. So or this month. We saw a whole bunch of different different phones came out at one of the different conferences. And Nokia, you, that's not exactly how you say it, but Nokia had launched a whole bunch of new phones since they had left. It's Microsoft, right? Where they were had a ban for several months or years where they were not allowed to make any phones just because of the contract they had made. And so they brought back one of their original phones that was super successful. Back when I was, I think getting out of high school. And so it has only 2G. Um, it does have a browser that's basically worthless to use. You can play Snake on it. And if you <laughs> don't use the phone at all, the battery can last like several weeks as opposed to the iPhone that would be just several days, even if it just sat there. And the usability is super, super limited. You could text, but that texting isn't supported on the um, 2G anymore because they quit all services for 2G. And so all you can do on it now is use the phone and it's much heavier. It's much, uh, much slower to charge. They said it takes like four hours to charge. And that was considered lightning fast for their time. And so just as amazing how things can change, even for you, Tom, you're, you're talking about how you would go without it. And the tech wasn't even to a place where we could be absorbed in it several years ago. Yeah. And I agree. I, you know, I, I found, um, a few things yesterday that were really insightful and reminders to me of one is how much I rely on technology, you know, on, on my everyday life. And, you know, like for instance, I woke up and I'm like, dang, I, I think I know what the weather's going to be like, but I want to make sure what the weather's like 
oh shoot, and I would just check my weather app. Well, I couldn't do that. So I actually had to turn on the news. I turned on the news, which I don't normally do. Um, and then I was listening to the news on, on the radio as well throughout the day to find out you know, what, what was happening with weather. So I relied on technology a whole bunch. But it was the, also the, the funny thing was the, uh, someone, uh, I, I was going over to a friend's house uh, last night and they had the, um, I didn't know how to get there. I've never been there before. So I actually had to physically have them write down their address for me. And then I took the address, went to my computer, went on Google Maps, and printed, like inserted directions and then printed out those directions from there. I mean, and so it's like old school MapQuest going on there. But but then the, the last thing I realized was just um, I was bored sometimes. And instead of being bored and looking at my phone and looking at the news apps or the fa- or Facebook or social media apps, I would actually do other things during the day, which was very productive for me, I, I realized. Yeah, whenever I walk into a coffee shop or, you know, after church or, you know, different events, a lot of people really do default with looking down at their screen instead of engaging those around them. And I, I think it's I think it's a two-edged sword. Some people say, look at those phones. Those phones are causing people not to interact with one another. You know, people should put those away. But the, the, the flip side to that coin is, look at those people. No one's going up to talk to them. No one is engaging them face-to-face. What else do you expect them to do? Yeah, we're kind of addicted to the these things in our pockets that are just so helpful for so many different things. But sometimes it's just really helpful to go on airplane mode sometimes isn't it and there's a friend of mine who's who's got a um a kind of an old school um phone so it, you know during periods where he's on holiday or over christmas he gets his old school phone out switches to him over and suddenly he's into kind of just texting and phone calls and that's it and i think there's just some real benefit to that, that for periods of time really isolating and and um Culling the habit, I guess, isn't it? So, you know, Phil did some detoxing from Facebook. Tom did his day of of no smartphone. Do you guys think that at any point things like Facebook, social media, because there's a lot of focus on it still, um, and smartphone technology, do you guys see any time in the future where people maybe pull back from that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's already happening now. I mean, um, Jeremy mentions, you know, his phone's on silent the whole time. That's the same for me as well. My phone's got hardly any notifications. It's on silent 99% of the time. And it's great. <laughs> you know, I'm not, not interrupted by stuff. And, you know, I'm in the middle of something. And I don't need to be interrupted by the latest Facebook notification or whatever it might be. Yeah, and I think, uh, again, with Facebook, you know, some people are very frustrated with all the, you know, social media channels were created, I believe. I, I wasn't there when they created them, but to, to connect with people and to catch up with people and see what they're up to. They're not always on there to check everyone's political beliefs or their their statements about things. And so I think over the past year, Facebook has encountered a little bit of a problem that people are being turned off to it and they don't want to go on there as much. I don't want to go on there as much. Uh, and I think that's very good. And I think more the more people break away from that, I think they will do it. Now, social media will always be with us in some form. But but I I think it's going to evolve a little bit based on what happened in America with the the political climate. People are, are being turned off by it, and, and they may be jumping to other places. Like I I actually never had an Instagram account until two months ago, 
and because I, I was so discouraged looking at all the stuff on Facebook, I just said, I'm going to just go and go to a place where I can see pictures and see cool things and see fun things that people are doing rather than their political beliefs. And, and Tom, that makes me want to follow you. So where can I find you on Instagram so I can follow you? Uh, gosh, I have to figure that. I, I think I'm just simple Tom Pounder. Um, so at Tom Pounder, I think I am on, on Instagram. So, so for me, the final thing that I want to ask is, is you done this do the, did the pros outweigh the cons for this? And even outside of that, do you think you want to do this again, regardless of the pros and cons? Yeah, I, I, I will definitely do this again. Um, uh, because I, I think it was good. I think it's healthy for us to break away from the screens. Um, in fact, I've already kind of started strategizing a little bit of how I can help my kids because, you know, as someone mentioned before, we're, we're in this world where kids only know these smartphones and these smart devices, you know, so I'm trying to strategize ways that my kids and I can take some little breaks and detox a little bit on this. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, cons is, yeah, people, you're not as accessible, and people begin to wonder, are you alive? In fact, I had someone say, I hope you're not dead tomorrow. Like, I hope, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to die because I don't have my smartphone. Like, but that's the culture that we live in today, that we are so dependent on these things. But I, the pro is you, you really get to rediscover uh, ways that you used to do things. And those ways aren't that bad. I mean, you know, printed, you know it's an extra step or two. But it's not like the most inconvenient thing in the world. I mean, the fact that I was bored and I was trying to think of way, other things I could do to be productive was fantastic. That I wasn't just looking at the same material over and over mm -hmm. again. Um, so, um, yeah, so I, I will definitely do this again. I think there's a ton of pros to it. It gives us just a simple break and lets our mind really begin to think again. Mm -hmm. Because when we're always in the screen, our mind's not thinking necessarily it's just looking, it's just consuming information. Yeah, and also, then where are you drawing your information? You, you are cannibalizing your content because all, all the input and all the inspiration that you get for social media, you are getting from social media. Whereas if you are in the world, you're going to draw inspiration from new things, which is going to make better content. And now, at the risk of sounding like an old crazy person, our family has discovered... Uh, a similar thing, you know, you're talking about, you know, simpler things, etc. We stopped at one point in our life, probably, well, well over five years ago, probably more like eight or ten. <clears throat> we quit the whole microwave thing. And when we first moved back to the United States, I think we ended up having like three people give us microwaves because people have extra microwaves. I mean, America has lots and lots of microwaves. But here's the thing is that after over for almost ten years not using a microwave, it was like, why did we, why did we always have one? Like our popcorn tastes better, reheating food tastes better. Like, you know, it takes, like you said, Tom, it takes a few extra steps, right? Because you have to heat it up on the stove, but it's not that big of a deal not to have one. And I've actually had people say when they find out that we don't have a microwave and we don't want a microwave, because usually the first thing people say when they find out we don't have a microwave is, oh, do you need a microwave? Like, like we don't have a stove or we don't have a toilet, you know, well, do you need one? You know? And we're like, no, 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 no. We don't want one. We choose not to. Right. And the first question they say is, well, how do you reheat your leftovers? And it's just like, wow, well, how, how would, how would, how would you re reheat your leftovers? You know, <laughs> wait, Eric, Eric, 
you don't regularly irradiate your food? That's correct. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's shocking, man. How do you how do you how do you illuminate your house at night if you're not glowing? <laughs> right. So when when Tom talks about that, when Livin says that, it really resonates with me in 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 regards to to social media, to smartphones, to to some of this tech that we have. You know, life without it, it's a it's a curious thought for sure. And I think that only comes from the fact that we are are generations that have have foots. In both, in both, well, you've talked about that, Phil. Feet in both the past and and the future, where they're they're differing, right? We grew up without it. We're adults now. Now we have it, so we see both. But there's an entire generation coming up that will never have known anything else. And I think it's our responsibility to to carry some wisdom and knowledge moving forward. And looking back, I feel like I wish I had never jumped into the smartphone bandwagon. Like I jumped on it late because I couldn't afford one, and like th- I'm not gonna lie, there's been days where it's been absolutely invaluable. I, I just I couldn't have done what I needed to do without a smartphone, and yet those days are rare. Maybe I've had a smartphone now for well, I think what four or five years, and I've maybe had twenty days that I had to have a smartphone. So I think that by and large, I'd rather just have a flip phone. But I can't go back now. I've seen the, <laughs> I have seen the promised land, and it's got an apple stamp on the back of it. <laughs> you took a bite of the apple. That's right. <laughs> into this whole conversation with the counselor of why silence is a good thing, we can go down that road. But I think that it's more just applicable just to recognize that um, there are a lot of great things that come out of this, especially for people that work in tech, work in social media, and their mind is going a million miles an hour. I know it's hard for me just to quiet down. Um, I will say that there's a lot of fallacies that come in to conversations like this, where a new study came out and I don't know how much this is true. Cause I've not read the study, but this study says that um, people that use their smartphones before they go to bed versus people that don't actually sleep better. Cause they compared it to people in Africa that on a different sleep schedule. Clearly those are completely different conversations, but it, it kind of challenges that mentality but ultimately, it comes down to you as a person. And, and I really do believe that there are a lot of people out there that struggle with using their phones way, way too much. And so we have to look at our own lives. And this is something that we should actually consider to um, get rid of because that's a good thing um, because it's challenging our presence with God. It's challenging our presence with our spouse and our children. And um, sometimes we do a podcast and we ignore our children for the entire hour. But um, we need to just reevaluate what that and looks like. I will quote Phil until the day I die. And that you know what I'm going to say, don't you? <laughs> Phil said, just, you know, in the days of old, you knew Christians because they didn't smoke, they didn't drink, they didn't have tutus, whatever. They had these different little monikers, I guess you could say, that that uh, delineated them from the pack. And he says, what, the, the, the thing that will... that Do you want to fill the quote, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I'm famous for misquoting. Phil, can you just say it, Phil? Can you just say oh. it, please? <laughs> I don't want to butcher it. Butcher it. All the pressure. I'm feeling all the pressure. Go ahead, Phil. You say it. I'll give some context. As a Pentecostal, uh, we have a lot of distinctives. One of our one of our moral moral distinctives is we don't smoke or drink or dance. Although I've been known to get down a few times. Um, oh, that's right. But in the 21st century, the, the distinctive for Christians will be that we look people in the eye and we respect them for who they are and we we, we approach them as a person in front of us. And we don't talk to them through uh, while looking at our phone. We we are, we are in the moment with people. We're not in the moment with people and our phone. 
Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag. You'll find a link on the main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's churchmag, churchm.ag. Please leave us a review on iTunes, and don't forget to tell your church tech friends about Church Mag. Until next week. You guys want to do that? Are you guys? Can you do another 20? Sounds good. 20 ish? Yeah. <clears throat> Phil? I can do about 18. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. Here we go. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 